Hi, I'm Edward from Supermetrics, and this is the Marketing Intelligence Show, the podcast that empowers marketing leaders to work better with their data and make sure every marketing dollar counts. Now let's get into today's episode. Welcome, welcome everyone to today's webinars, Breaking the Silos, Why You Should Own Your Marketing um, Data, uh, where we dive deeper into the topic of um, marketing data ownership. And yeah, so before we start, I, I want to run through some small housekeeping item for today. So we will disable the chats, but you can use the Q&A to drop any question you have uh, for our speaker. And then we have some time at the end of the webinar to go through those questions. And first of all, we will spend around 40 to 45 minutes uh, for the discussion and then 15 to 20 minutes to go through all the questions in the Q&A. Um, in addition to that, if you're, you find yourself, you know, interested in the product that we mentioned today, um, you will have a chance to express your interest as well um, just before the Q&A. With that in mind, I thought we could do a short and introduction to our panelists today. So should we start with you, Jim? Tell us about you and Snowflake. Yeah, thanks, Joy. Um, really excited to be here. So I'm Jim. I'm field CTO for advertising and marketing at Snowflake. Um, and I, I have the pleasure of helping our customers solve their super interesting advertising and marketing related challenges on top of Snowflake. Um, Prior to this, I was co-founder and CTO of a company called Upwave, which is an advertising measurement uh, company that does reach and frequency as well as brand lift for cross-channel campaigns. Um, so linear TV, CTV, digital. So that's where my kind of deep knowledge of, of advertising and ad tech comes from. Great. Over to you, Jack. Thank you, Joy. Uh, yes, I'm Jack Bitcon, uh, solutions engineer here at Supermetrics. Uh, been here for about a, about a year now, but was a former user of the product before actually hopping on board. Um, yeah, because as I alluded to, used the product in a, an agency type of format beforehand. Uh, so familiar with the different, you know, implementation techniques and and potential use cases that we see on a day-to-day -day basis. And yeah, super excited to be here. Appreciate the opportunity. All right. Um, yes. So I will just stop this. So yeah. And finally, my name is Joy. So we are 3J in the house today. Um, just noted that. <laughs> um, I'm from the marketing, uh, Supermetrics marketing team, and I will be your moderator today throughout the whole discussion. So to kick off, um, I think why are we here today? Um, essentially, um, you know, we're finding it's the current challenges, the current situation that many marketers here today, including me, are fighting your, ourselves in. There is so much data available across different platforms, and there is always the challenge to prove, you know, the ROI of certain campaigns, of certain channels, and also of marketing overall. And then on top of that, the platform and the tool that we we use, we love for you know for years are facing out. I don't know if any of you guys noticed, but Google started counting down to um, GA sunset this week on their social. So I think we have like less than 100 days for marketer to migrate everything from GA to GA4. So yeah, I would say doing marketing in 2023 is pretty hard. 
So with all of that challenge, uh, Jim and Jack, um, why do you think it's important for, you know, for brands or companies and marketing team to take control of their marketing data? Yeah, I think I think aside from from that that you mentioned, Joy, just the sort of macroeconomic situation um, that we're in right now, it seems like we're we're in another advertising slowdown, which which happens um, every once in a while. And when you know when the ad market slows down, we 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 always get a lot of pressure to um, kind of to know where we're spending money, to make sure that the money that we're spending is well spent, to trim probably probably a bunch of marketers on the call are are, are faced with a situation where they're going to have to trim trim their marketing spend a little bit. Um, so in that environment, like I, I always say, right, you you can't know where you're going unless you know where you are. And so it's just super important to have the data to know where are you spending, how much are you spending, by what channel, you know, putting everything into a into a common language so that you you can compare apples to apples, right? That's kind of the first step. And everything else that's more complicated has to come after that. But the first step is kind of know, know where your money's going. It's as simple as that. Absolutely. Fantastic points there. And to to your to your point of you know the current macroeconomic climate right or climate right now. Um, I'm kind of building off of this question, not only why should companies take control of their data, but why should they take control of their data in an automated fashion? You know, there's so many man hours, so much time, so much work spent on, you know, hopping into Facebook ads, downloading that CSV and either copying and pasting that data into somewhere else or uploading it into an in-house data warehouse or something like that. Um, Now, with something that helps automate that process of taking control of your data, um, you can dedicate that time, those man hours, those resources to actually analyzing that data, drawing insights from what you're actually collecting, um, and can actually can you know draw different conclusions based on different things that are going on. So, uh, between you know automating the process and actually trying to gather you know where we're currently at in today's climate, uh, I think you know taking control of the data is the first the first part of that situation. Yeah. I think that's you guys pretty much uh, sum up all the challenges that you know marketers are facing today. A lot of problem with a challenge, you know, marketing attribution proving um, the ROI of your marketing dollars, essentially. So then, Jim, I would like to ask you this question because there's so much data that marketing marketing team, you know, are collecting, and you know having their ad running all across all these channels, what would you advise there to start collecting first? What kind of data should they collect? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, so I would start with what where what are the channels where I'm spending the most money, right? So if I'm spending the most money on Facebook, I should I should probably start with Facebook data. If I'm spending the most money on Google, then I should I should probably start with Google, right? So um, I would just start there. Where is the most money going? Um, the second thing I would kind of ask myself is what's the problem that I have today that, um, you know, that I'm, that I'm struggling with. And I think, you know, there's so many uses for this data. There's so many things you can do with it all the way from kind of the most basic things all the way up to the, to the most complicated. Um, and I think, I think you have to think about what that use case is. Maybe it's, you know, if you're on the marketing team and, and you, um, your finance team is constantly bugging you about where your money is going and you just want to sort of, um, you just kind of want to have a dashboard that you can share with them, right? So that they can just look, 
right? And they don't they don't have to ask for updates all the time. Maybe that's the problem. Or maybe maybe you're working with an ad agency and and again you're trying to simplify the communication. Maybe you're trying to unify data that's coming from different ad agencies that you're using in different countries. There's so many sort of um, uses for it. The first question is like, well, where where's my money going? Because I should probably get data from where my money is going first and foremost. And secondly, what's the use case? What's the pain point I'm trying to solve? And I always think it's better to go sort of deep, just, just get all the data you need to solve that one problem. And then you can kind of broaden and, and cover more. Um, and then I would think about how hard is it to get the data, right? You know, aggregated data is is easier to get if you're using a tool like Supermetrics. Get the get the data that Supermetrics can easily pull for you, right? Start with the easy to get data. Some of the hard to get data may take more time. Always always start with the lower hanging fruit. Yeah, exactly, exactly. There, I can I can echoing you know the need of like a share dashboard like you said for example if you work with an agency like you know we work with an agency on our campaign and it's just like so important for our communication to have like a centralized report and dashboard that we can you know communicate what's happening what's changed and you know discuss the um, suggestion or how we can improve the campaign so it's like kind of provide a two-way street to go Um, anything else there to add there Jack yeah, I think to build on to Jim's point, um, honestly, from my perspective, as much data as possible is uh, is always a good thing, both for, you know, you don't know what the future is going to hold for what you're going to need. Um, there could be a use case that's important for you all to kind of address right now, uh, but who knows how that use case is going to evolve over time. Um, and sometimes using, using a more uh, robust tool like a warehouse, like uh, the data cloud, provider from Snowflake, uh, you can utilize, you can move more of that data into the destination for maybe whether it be, you know, current use case or a use case that you see in the future. With the whole GA to GA4 migration that we're seeing right now, we see a lot of clients on a day-to-day basis who are like, I just want everything from Universal Analytics that I can get, which is a reasonable ask is that data is going to be going away eventually. Uh, but essentially, if you want if you want to do something like that, you're not going to be able to pull that into a Google Sheet or an Excel document or analyze that data in a visualization tool. You're going to need some sort of middle ground to actually store, process, and analyze that data in before passing it on. So in my mind, as much data as you can collect is a good thing. Uh, but to Jim's point, you know, kind of narrowing in on what the current, um, the current, what's the word I'm looking for here? use cases are, uh, what the current, um, you know, priorities are for what we're trying to do. And then, you know, looking into the future, what could be cool to look at uh, in terms of, you know, your ad spend, your your analytics platforms. There are a million different data points on a lot of these APIs. Uh, and, you know, some the big KPIs that we all work with are consistent across the board. But, you know, some of the some of the insights we can draw from some of these more niche data points are pretty are pretty neat. Yeah, that's a great that's a great point, Jack. Um, you know, de- definitely error on the side of pulling more data um, rather than less. I think, um, you know, you, you don't want to find yourself in a situation a year from now where, you know, you're, you're starting some MMM analysis, for example, in a year and you go, oh, you know, I really wish I had this data from a year ago. But when I when I started my journey and I started pulling the data, I didn't pull that data. I left that data where it was, and now now I don't have it, right? And I'm trying to do some analysis, and and I don't have the data. I think that's the advantage of using a tool like like Supermetrics, right? You can just sort of 
take the data that's available, drop it into Snowflake, um, and it's not gonna it, it's not gonna kind of do any harm, even if you're not using it in the in the immediate term. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, great point. Um, yeah, I want to expand on this a little bit because Jim, I know that you you wrote an excellent article about you know data ownership. I I went through, I read, I came across your article on me on Medium. Absolutely love it. Um, and you mentioned a lot about like the idea of marrying first party data with you know some of the apps. So I just want to like you know get your thought on that. Dig a bit deeper on that point though there. Yeah, I mean, I think I think one of the really powerful things about bringing ad data into Snowflake with a tool like Supermetrics is that then it is there, sitting in the warehouse in the in the data cloud for you to join it with other data that you're bringing in. So um, I, I think we probably have a lot of folks from the marketing department on on this webinar, which is super exciting. But you know, one of the good things about Snowflake is that it's also trusted by your IT team, and so you know, there's probably lots of data getting into Snowflake today. You know, point sale data is getting into Snowflake. CRM data is getting into Snowflake. All that data is kind of making making its way um, uh, into Snowflake. And so when you when you bring your advertising data as well, um, it really allows you to kind of break down silos and um, join data sources that you you may may not have thought about much before, right? So. Um, one one thing that's that's um, uh, super important for me is like, well, you know, when you're doing paid social, there's also all this free social that's happening, right? There's all the in, there's influencers and there's um, there's all the people that are engaging with your brand sort of organically. And how do you how do you kind of unify those so that you can leverage the learnings all together, right? Um, so that's a great use case. But, you know, as, as all this data migrates into Snowflake, it really enables you to break down those silos and not have, oh, this is where I look for ad data and this is where I look for sales data um, and all those different channels having their own having their own data sources. Yeah, we see it all the time where, you know, we've got a client who's, oh, here's my Facebook ads dashboard. Here's my Google ads dashboard. Here's, you know, LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever else, uh, paid advertisement platform. It's like we utilizing some, you know, very point and click type of tool sets, you can actually join that data together. So instead of, you know, individual ad platforms, uh, dashboards, you get, you know, your, your complete paid ad spend, uh, kind of picture in one dashboard, you can break that out into multiple kind of use cases, but, um, consolidating that into one place again, to your point is, is step number one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, I think, you know, data, if they're, Analyzing like analyzing data individually by channel is good, you know, how that channel performed. But I think the real power comes when we can, you know, combine combine different data sources together and you know really get just more valuable insight from that. Um, very cool. Um, Jack, you you briefly mentioned some of the use cases that you know why you want to own your data, consolidate your data in a data warehouse. So what are the common use cases that you've seen from like, you know, working with a lot of customer, a lot of marketers and brands? Yeah, I think that's a that's a fantastic question. There's there's a few that we see very often on a on a day-to-day basis, especially over the last three to six months. We've seen a lot of GA to GA4, things I've been alluding, alluding to all uh, during this entire call so far. But it's essentially, hey, how do we get enough universal analytics data, whether it be two years or five years or 10 years or whatever it may be, into a warehouse so that when we implement something like GA4, we can compare 
maybe not apples to apples, but um, a red apples to green apples kind of uh, between data sources and utilize old universal analytics data as kind of a guiding rod for how we want to implement GA4. Um, everyone knows we're not able to pull the same data points and there's a little bit of bridging the gap that's required with you know, tag manager and custom conversion events and things like this. So utilizing uh, you know, historical data to implement some of these new platforms that we're seeing is a, is a very, very common use case, uh, at least at the moment. Um, another one that we see often is, you know, attribution modeling. I see X, Y, and Z conversions on my platform, on my conversion platform. How do I know where those came from? Uh, we see that very often, and it's difficult to join those those data sets together and the, and the points that would be required to actually analyze that data and perform that sort of uh, analysis or gain those insights. Um, it's difficult to do inside of a Looker Studio or a Sheets or an Excel. Um, so generally speaking, those kinds of workloads are pushed towards a, a data warehousing snowflake um, type of environment. So, you know, where do my conversions come from is a huge use case that we see on a day-to-day -day basis. And then I would say number three, you could do, you know, something like budget pacing, right? Where you see, uh, you know, I've got, I'm going to have $50,000 to spend on ads for the month across all of my platforms. Um, how should I spend that data or how should I spend that money? Uh, how do I get the data in from the investment that I'm pushing? Um, and how do I know how to how to pace that budget so that I'm, I, I don't get to the third week of the month and I'm out of money? Um, there's all kinds of different things that you can utilize this combination of products for. Uh, those three are just the ones that we see, I would say, on a day-to-day -day basis um, and things that are very uh, or I would say relatively simple to get kind of implemented and, and things that can be very powerful in the long run. All right. I think we have a very like timely question from the chat that I would like to call out. So uh, Andy was asking, you know, now that GA4 is sunsetting, what are you seeing users do with their GA data before it gets fried? Thank you, Andy, for the questions. Very timely. I think that caused a lot of panic among all of us. So Jack, please calm us down. What should we do with GA data? Absolutely. Uh, we should stash it is kind of the short answer of the question. We need to stash that data somewhere. Uh, it is going to go away. Google is sunsetting the API. There will be a period of time where we can access that data from the API. We don't really know what that period of time looks like. It's been anywhere from six months to 12 months. Uh, but essentially, at the end of the day, Google's going to get rid of that data at some point. Um, so stashing it somewhere that's not a Google Sheet, somewhere that's not an Excel document, in a place like Snowflake, uh, in the data cloud that Snowflake provides is, is the perfect place to, uh, because it all sits there. It's not going to get deleted from a data warehouse. It's not going to get deleted from Snowflake. Um, it'll be there for use in the long run uh, as we kind of go through this experience together. Yeah, I think it's an opportunity, right? Like it's an opportunity for for people to think about their analytics, um, sort of sort of maybe more deeply than they have before, right? Google Analytics has just sort of been there, and now that we're going through this, sometimes those these these sorts of events uh, give us an opportunity to rethink to rethink how we're handling these analytics entirely, right? So, you know, maybe you have been using a tool like Supermetrics, but you haven't you haven't been storing it in 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 uh, the data cloud, for example. So maybe this is the time that you get to start doing that. You get to start experimenting. Maybe you start, you know, trialing different tools, try, you know, change your definition of a session, see what that does to everything that you're, um, you know, that you're you're measuring. I think, it, you know, sometimes these things are give us a chance to do things that we've kind of known we wanted to do for a while that we just haven't quite um, gotten around to doing. 
Yeah, love that. Um, love your positive way to think of things. Like is sort of like you know we always find this silver lining in these challenging time that maybe you know this is a sign for us to find a better way to store and really take control of our data instead of like letting them sit you know in this platform where they can be like okay I'm not gonna store your data for like more than you know, 12 months, 24 months, and then, you know, you started panicking. Um, yes, all very good points there. So I think we spent a little bit of time to like discuss a lot of like about the background of the challenges of the problems and then more on the use cases. So if we talk a little bit more about the solution, let's say, okay, marketers, now here, I think they might be interested in, you know, starting to consolidate all this, you know, silo data. Um, Jim, what should marketer do? How can they get started? Yeah, so I, I think you have to pick your platforms first, right? So we talked a little bit about figure out, you know, where where has your most important data because it's where you're spending the most money. We talked about pick that kind of one acute uh, use case, right? That that's a problem right now that you want to make sure you're addressing. Once you have those out of the way, pick your platforms, right? Pick Supermetrics, pick, pick Snowflake. Um, and once you have that, then then you can get started tackling the problems. Um, you want to make sure that you have a tool that gets uh, data from all the data sources you have. So make a list. Okay, here's all the data sources that I have, and then compare that to um, to the list for Supermetrics and make sure that they cover. Um, they probably do. And then you want to have a, a a platform to store the data that where you can you know um, connect any BI tool whatever your preferred BI tool, you want to be able to connect that. You want something that can handle the scale of data that you have today, but also the scale of data that you're going to have tomorrow, right? Um, and then um, and then make sure that you're, you're picking a platform that's going to kind of stand the test of time in terms of processing power, in terms of performance, in terms of security, which is which is super important, um, you know. Given that we're talking about kind of Google Analytics and what's been driven um, for by by privacy concerns and everything, picking a data platform that has data sharing, where you're not going to be moving the data around when you're sharing data, all of that is is important for being for being future proof. Yeah, thank you. Anything to add there, Jack? Um, Honestly, yeah, it's just, you know, identify the use cases, kind of like what Jim said, what's pressing right now. Um, and, you know, and a little bit of thought towards, you know, what would be cool to do in the future? Um, you know, what, what would be, you know, I always think it's a good problem to, a good problem to have, right? We're, we're kind of outgrowing the tool sets that we're using right now. We're looking for more kind of enterprise suite uh, tooling and, you know, identifying the use cases, getting the data in. And then, you know, that's the fun part, right? Getting, after you get the data into the, into the destination, into Snowflake, you know, everything from there is a bonus, right? How do you, how do you want to work with this data? How do we want to transform it? How do we want to gain insights from this? You know, if we've got data from X, Y, and Z data sources, what's, what's the best way to blend this together? Um, that's really where the process becomes uh, fun, in my opinion. Uh, but essentially identifying the use cases and deciding the data that we want to collect and but the platforms that we want to use to uh, to produce that data is step number one. This show is brought to you by Supermetrics, the marketing data hub that helps you connect, transform, and export your data to any destination. Over 750,000 marketers worldwide use Supermetrics to turn raw marketing data into business growth. Visit supermetrics.com to find out how. 
definitely. And then another thing I'd like to call out is like the dashboard part. I think essentially, you know, why you want to own your data, why you want to consolidate all of your data is because essentially you want to be able to build a dashboard like that. It's just easy, so much easy for like marketer, for marketing team, for, you know, the CMO, the manager to, or like you said, Jim, like, you know, people from the finance team, you know, they can look at that dashboard and they know, okay, what's happening with, you know, with marketing? How are we spending our money? So I think that's um, a very good point that you show there, uh, right there, Jack. Sorry to interrupt you, Joy, uh, but one thing I'll one thing I'll shout there is the improvement of dashboard performance. Mm-hmm. If we're analyzing, you know, any anything more than really a hundred thousand, maybe a quarter million rows in something like uh, Looker Studio, just raw data, and if we're trying to blend that together and all kinds of stuff, the dashboards. And I've been in presentations where it's like, okay, yeah, let's let's see. <clears throat> you're spinning, you're waiting for forty five <laughs> seconds, sixty seconds for that to actually load up. It's painful as the analyst behind the process. So building out the tool set that kind of is underneath the visual layer really improves the performance of those dashboards. It really, really uh, cuts down on the, on the seconds that you're waiting for things to upload while you're in a meeting with higher ups. Yeah, That's definitely. A That's a great point. Yeah. One of the, one of the cool use cases I've heard from, from one of our customers is they wanted to align um, uh, the stock data. So what, what, uh, what, um, SKUs they had in stock, what was on the shelves with what ads they were running. They wanted to make sure that if, if the, um, that if the, uh, that the stock of a particular product, uh, went low, that they were no longer promoting that product. Cause it's a really bad experience for, for someone to see an ad for a product and then they go to the site to buy it and it, and it's not there because it's gone out of stock. Right. So again, these are the types of things that become possible when we unify all of our data in one place. Somebody can kind of look at a dashboard and say, oh, what are we, what, what products are we promoting that are getting low? Right. I love that. Like, like imagine like you run an ad for like a t-shirt and like a thousand people trying to buy it. And then you're really like, okay, you only have three and stuff. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I would cry like such a missed opportunity there. Um, yes, I think before we, anything else you got, you, you like, you know, you both want to add before we move to like Q&A. I think we have some pretty good questions from the audience. Yeah, there was a question by MMM, which, uh, which yeah. I, I love. Um, and yeah, you, you know, that I think, you know, MMM is expensive, right? So, uh, probably there's some, some marketers on the, on the webinar who uh, use MMM and it can be, it can be really expensive. But one of the, one of the reasons it's expensive is because gathering the data and preparing it um, is, is, is a really time consuming process a lot of the times. And so, you know, we have, we have companies that are doing MMM maybe yearly, maybe twice a year if they're lucky. Um, and, and in a world where attribution um, is getting more difficult because of the loss of cookies, um, you know, we, you know, MMM is getting more and more important. Um, so what do you do? You want to use, you want to use Snowflake as the base for your MMM. What do you do? Step one, you set up, uh, the pipeline with Supermetrics, like you show, like we saw Jack do, get all the data from all your channels, bring it into Snowflake. 
pick a time frame. So, you know, do you want your spend daily, weekly, monthly? Um, how do you want your 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 spend sort of aligned? And then you really want to get spend by that time frame per channel, and then you want to get sales per that same time frame frame. And then, um, and then pick an MMM tool. And, um, you know, some of the modern MMM tools are able to pick up the data directly from Snowflake. And that'll save you that, you know, sort of weeks of preparation uh, of data that, that, that people are going through for MMM today. Yeah, that's a very good point you just mentioned there. I think a lot of marketers are interested in, you know, the topic of MMM in general. We just like ran a, I think, a webinar like in... Was it like in February or January about that as well? And, you know, we, we talk about some of the things that you mentioned early on. Um, so definitely good shout there. Any, do you guys see any good question that you want to take on? Um, yeah, so I'll mention the data sharing um, about how the, the, the data is not being copied. It's a live share. That's... Um, uh, that's specific to once it's in Snowflake. Obviously, you know, the data that's sitting in Facebook or, or Google or Google Analytics, whatever, that data has to be copied to be brought into Snowflake. But once it's brought into Snowflake, um, when you do data sharing, like what Jack showed with the example of a an agency sharing and uh, data to the end client, that data does not get copied. It's actually a live data share. Yeah, I guess what UA is a bit tricky because uh, Google will stop processing like heat new data coming in. So, you know, you won't get any new new data from GA essentially anymore, but rather, you know, GA4, if you're if you're if you start migrating to GA4 already, then I think that's where you want to get your data from. Um okay, I have a question here. Um how long does it take to implement this solution and what maintenance is required? I get the audience referring to, um, you know, setting up a data warehouse in Snowflake. Yeah, I mean, so Snowflake is a, is a fully managed tool uh, with really little maintenance required, right? Um, so, you know, compared to sort of legacy systems, it's going to be a lot simpler to get up and going. And there's is really very little maintenance required. Um, I think it, you know, it heavily depends, um, as, as I'm sure it does for, you know, the same question with supermetrics. I think in this case, especially like how complicated is your marketing, right? If you're, if your marketing is mostly kind of Google and Facebook only, I would imagine that, that people can get up and, and going really, really quickly. If you're, um, you know, a huge marketer in a bunch of countries with multiple agencies and dozens of ad channels, right? It's going to take a little bit more time. Yeah. Um, so, so it obviously depends, but I think in the sort of the simplest case, right? A handful of, um, a handful of ad channels in, in, in sort of a single country, I would imagine that, um, uh, that somebody could be up and going pretty quickly. All right. Um, to that point, Jack, um, in your experience, like what kind of the shortest or like the fastest project that you ever take on as metrics, you know, when setting up data warehouse or what's the longest just to give people a sort of estimation? Yeah. So that's a, that's a, that's a good question for a couple of different reasons. Um, and I think one of the points I wanted to address is how, what kind of logic is behind your marketing setup to begin with, 
Uh, are there is there campaign naming logic? Are there UTM tag logic? Is it diff, are they, how easy is it going to be to tie point A to point B once that data is inside the warehouse? From a supermetrics perspective, um, we try to be as point and click as we can be uh, and kind of set and forget. Like, okay, I've got my transfer for Facebook ads; it's going to keep going. And then, you know, the only reason you would go back and edit that transfer is if there are new data source fields that are available that you wanted to include, or maybe if you're following the agency model, even brands with different accounts, if you've got, you know, new ad accounts, new things like that, they'll go through and, you know, add that data. But essentially, from a Supermetrics implementation perspective, we try to be pretty set and forget. Um, <clears throat> when it comes to project timelines, that's a fun one, uh, because you could go from anywhere from, you know, five days with a, a very focused team of people who with a very clear end goal. And, you know, that gets accomplished by, you know, Friday at five. And then you have some that, uh, you know, to get the data in, build the data model and push those, push those visual, push those kind of end views to the visualization layer can take upwards of like three or four months, depending again, to Jim's point on the complexity of what you have going on. Um, if you've got, you know, multiple ad agencies over a dozen different channels, um, that adds complexity to the uh, to the actual project. So, again, with the campaign naming conventions, UTA, uh, UTM tag conventions, things like this, things can be made a lot easier. Uh, but many, I would say, from implementing a supermetrics or full blown data warehousing uh, product solution, I would say you're looking anywhere from like a week to get all that data in there to you know six to eight weeks to actually getting in, analyzing the data, making some sort of use of it, and then pushing that to a, a visualization tool. That's the timeline we use internally. Yeah. So basically anywhere from like, you know, week to um four month, three to four month, I would say. And then I think David have a very relevant question about the solution as well. Um, is this something small businesses can use or is this more of a an, an enterprise thing? I think he's referring again to the Snowflake solution. Yeah, so Snowflake um, is obviously used by some of the largest enterprises in the world, but we also have um, a lot of small customers that are using um, an, an on-demand account and, and, you know, paying as they go on their credit card. So... Um, you know, we probably like Supermetrics have have customers at all at all levels. To add to that, Snowflake as well as Supermetrics are built to scale, right? So if you're a smaller type type of business, you're not going to be paying enterprise type of prices for the Snowflake solution. You know, um, when I was actually going through some of the educational material on Snowflake, you can start with an extra small warehouse or bump that all the way up to a 6x warehouse you know it can it can be scalable up and down to the the required needs um and really what what you're trying to do with the data so you know it can start you know very very reasonably and then as you expand your your analytics capabilities and you expand the insights that you're trying to drive it grows with you yeah excellent um Okay, Miracle, um, if I pronounce your name correctly. Um, can you give a super high-level overview of Submetric and explain the benefit in a nutshell to someone who is new to the subject? Okay, Jack, I think this is it's your time to shine. That sounds good. I was going to make Jim answer that one. Um, but <laughs> essentially... <laughs> The way that I like to think about Supermetrics in its current form, um, and this gets into a whole other topic about what Supermetrics is going to look like in 12 months, but the way that I think about Supermetrics in its current form is we are the best people on the planet at getting your data from point A, being the different data sources, to point B, being your destination, Snowflake in this case. Um, we are really we we build and maintain those API connections. Uh, anytime you know an update is made to you know 
Meta's API or another API or something like that, um, we have a team of engineers who are going to make sure that that connector is up to date uh, in the most recent form possible. Um, so again, we're kind of like a fire hose in my mind between the data sources and the destination, uh, whether that destination be Snowflake or whether that destination be a, a Looker Studio or a visualization tool like that. Uh, was it, there? Was, I think there was a second part to that question that I didn't address. Yeah, and then the benefit in a nutshell. Yep. So in a previous life, I was a copy paste Excel junkie. Um, I spent a lot of time, 20, 30 hours a week, you know, going into different data source platforms, Google Ad Manager, Google Analytics, Facebook, all these different places and putting together KPIs in Microsoft Excel. Like it was literally my full-time job to go do this. Um, and I figured like, there's gotta be this, this can't, this is driving me insane. How can I actually like make this an easier process? And Supermetrics essentially automates that process. You're, so if you've got, you know, an employee or a team of employees who are spending dozens of hours, if not hundreds of hours, manually going and scraping all this data through exporting all this data into like CSVs or raw text files, and then uploading them into, uh, you know, either a KPI sheet or an, uh, an on-premises warehouse, it's very, very time consuming. Uh, so the time savings and the efficiency that you can actually find with a Supermetrics product, a product that will automate that process for you, um, it leaves a lot more hours for actually analyzing that data, drawing insights from that data, building out the dashboards and the views rather than just trying to ingest it into the destination. Uh, shifts the shifts the resource need from getting the data into what do we do with this data? Yeah, that's a very good answer. Um, and I just want to add that, you know, not only Snowflake or our other data warehouse, but we do, you know, push data into, for example, like Google Sheet, Excel, or Luca Studio. And that's actually lead me to the next question from Kama here. I'm sorry for the late response. Um, I saw your question. Uh, yes, we do have uh, micro. So she asked, oh, so Kama asked if we have any Microsoft Excel templates connected by plugin. We do have those. Um, maybe our team, maybe our have from our marketing ops team can drop a link there um, to our template gallery. We have Excel template. Google Studio or Data Studio template, and then Google Sheets template. So if you're like new, you can try try them out. I think template is the easiest way to get started. But then if you want to customize your dashboard or build one, then just you know reach out to our team, and we are happy to help you with that. Um. Okay. I think let's see. Is there any other question here? I think yeah. James been amazing in answering all of these questions. Um. Yeah. Is there anything else we miss? Oh, I can hear Toby. Toby asked, ask, is this possible to use SSO tied to AD for access equal easy on slash offboarding? As on the in the answer, but I think we missed it. I think that's is it Snowflake with SSO. I know yeah, I think I does support SSO. Yeah, anyone want to take that? Or would I also need a data lake component in my stack? I think that's such an interesting question. Jim, I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Um, <laughs> as from my perspective, I think from the marketing perspective, data lakes and data warehouses have kind of merged into this wild love child of data lakes and data warehouses that we kind of currently see on the market today. So I'm curious to see uh, what your thoughts are on the, on the um, necessity for the data lake layer in here. 
Yeah, I, I don't need. I don't think you need a separate layer. And I think you're totally right, Jack. Those those concepts have sort of come together with, you know, full fleet featured data platforms that support both uh, structured data as well as semi-structured or unstructured data. Um, so, for example, for a marketing use case, if you've got ad logs that are coming in in JSON form, you don't need a separate stack to handle those ad logs. You can ingest those ad logs straight into uh, into Snowflake process them into a structured format, and then join it with the data that's um, coming from Supermetrics, and it, and it will all take place right inside Snowflake without the need for a separate layer. Yeah, very good point. I think David has a follow-up question for you, Jack. He's asked you specifically for this one. Um, <laughs> Jack, if I have a small business, can I just save my data on my own server, or do I need server like Snowflake? That's a fair question. Um, a lot of clients that we talk to on a day-to-day -day basis, they'll use our SFTP product or our API product just to ingest data onto an on-premises data warehouse or an on-premises database somewhere. Um, I will say that the that the risk associated with having something on-prem versus something in a in a cloud solution is a little bit greater. Um, generally speaking, you know, with with Snowflake, it's there's backups upon backups upon backups. That data is always going to be there, depending on um, you know how you're implementing your own in-house server things like this. It's just a little bit. It's just a little bit uh, trickier. It can take a little bit more to implement an in-house warehouse than it can be just to say, hey, you know, I've got Snowflake right here. I'm going to start an extra small warehouse. It's going to cost me X number of dollars per month and move from there. Yes, thank you. I think we have time for one more question from Annie Keth. Um, are you saying that we can tie a user who has come six months ago and not purchased to the same user over time using Snowflake? So I think it's about like a customer journey. If, you know, you visited the store and then you left without purchase, but then you come back and you purchase something if you can match stitch that data together yeah i mean that's a that's a complicated uh a complicated question that would take probably some time to do justice to but we we do see a lot of folks doing uh customer journey orchestration inside snowflake um, it's really going to come down to what kinds of identity you have and how persistent that identity is. So if the, if the user's logged in um, and you have their email address, um, you're probably going to have more luck than than if it's a maid. Um, we do have native identity inside Snowflake. So we have partners like LiveRamp and Experian who can do identity resolution um, inside Snowflake that gives you a better shot, I would say, of having that that person's uh, identity persist for six months. But um, unfortunately, there there are no guarantees. Um, yeah. Question. That's without a knowing, question. Without knowing the fields and yeah, without knowing the fields in question and how we would tie point A to point B, uh, it's yeah, that's that's a that's a good question. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I think we're like one minute. Um, so I just want to wrap it up and thank you so much for anyone who joined us today. If, you know, we haven't answered your question, we promise to follow up, um, you know, with our email, we will be sending the recording to you as well. And Jim and Jack, thank you so much for joining us, me today. It, it was really fun to do this, actually. Thank you, Joy and Jack. This was great. Yeah, it's been, yes. been great to work See with you. you. See everyone, have a great day. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Marketing Intelligence Show brought to you by Supermetrics. 
If you're enjoying the podcast, then we'd love for you to tap that subscribe button, leave a review and share with your colleagues and peers. We'll see you in the next episode.